Hey, welcome to Something Different. I'm Michael. And today we're going to be talking about what my vision of success looks like on my financial front. Specifically, I don't know what it looks like, but I wanted to work through that with you guys. What makes a successful vision is something that's as detailed as possible. One constraint that some people might apply to it is what's realistic. I'd advise against that. We're thinking pie in the sky, biggest possible dreams, things that are within our control. I'm not going to have anything here about winning the lottery. What I do think about when I think about what financial success looks like is a high net worth. I'm not going to put a particular number on it for a bunch of reasons. But the number one reason being that I just think it's kind of irrelevant. Purchasing power of money today is very different from purchasing power in the future. So we'll just aim high. That one seems kind of obvious. The next thing I would consider is high cash flow. Honestly, high cash flow is probably more important to me than high net worth. I don't pretend to be a financial advisor or anything, but what makes a person feel wealthy, what makes me feel wealthy is when I feel like I can spend without having to think about it. And if I have a really high net worth with zero cash flow or negative cash flow, then my nest egg's not going to increase, it's going to decrease. Or stay, you know, numerically, nominally, even. And the, the problem with that is if it's not going up, it's not going down, nominally at least, then it is going down because then that's the nature of inflation. The value of your money is going to go down one time. So a couple things so far, high net worth, high cash flow. What else is important to me? I think to some extent the accumulation of assets um, you know, in my future, I would like to have a home. I'd like for it to be a home that I like. And so the question is, what exactly do I need to think about now with regards to that? What other assets would I consider? Obviously, there's car, there's home. Probably the accumulation of investments. I'm getting a little more granular here because this all kind of falls under net worth. It's just, how is that net worth allocated? I think balancing it between the liquid and the illiquid or funds that are tied up in retirement, say accounts, is important. What I'd like to do is position myself not to predict the future outside of what I can control, but rather to set myself up for to benefit from volatility in the future. Essentially, my understanding, my, my current worldview, lies somewhere in the realm between like how much do I benefit from predicting the future versus how much do I benefit from 
volatility. I recently read Anti-Fragile, and if any of you have read Anti-Fragile, you know where I'm going with this. Nassim Nicholas Taleb basically theorizes that, I'll give you the 30-second summary, that to be fragile is to not like volatility. The ceramic mug likes lack of volatility because when it's subjected to volatility in the form of falling off a desk, uh, running into an unexpected situation, it breaks. The opposite of volatility is robustness. At least that's how most people think about it. Robustness is the resistance to volatility, like the resistance to change. Nassim Taleb tells us that actually robustness is not the opposite of fragility, but rather we don't have a term for it, so he coined the term anti-fragility. Anti-fragile things are things that benefit from volatility. Predictions, the nature of predictions is that if you do not get them right, then you are wrong. There are no grades of success. Therefore, predictions are fragile. So when it comes to my finances, I want to set them up so that even though I don't know what the future may hold, I have inclinations about what it may hold, I do know for sure that it's going to be volatile. It's going to vary a little bit in the short term and a lot in the long term, just because the longer time horizon you're dealing with, the more potential you have for variation. So that's all well and good. What does that mean in terms of my, my financial vision? So... I think, basically, when I talk about high net worth, lots of assets, um, and high cash flow, I think those are all good targets, but what I don't know is if they're the right targets. So like, I mean, they're fun, I mean, are they fun, they're sterile? They're great. Like, I'd love to have those things, but like, they don't inspire a lot of enthusiasm from me. If I thought about it less technically, essentially what I want is to be able to spend what I want without thinking about it, buy what I want, do what I want, go where I want, see what I want without having to think about my finances. That's the dream. So the question then becomes, if that's the dream for the financial division of success, what does that mean in terms, like, how do I even begin about targeting that? Because everything I do in my day-to-day life is such a small scale over such a short period of time that unless I really know where I'm headed, it's hard to understand how the the things I do today are going to make a difference in moving me towards my more ambitious goals of tomorrow. This has been something different with Michael on thinking about what my financial looks, financial vision looks like in the broader scheme of my life. You'll notice there were no numbers involved here today. That's not just for privacy reasons. That's honestly how I look at it. 
putting particular numbers on it doesn't do anything but discourage me. Thanks for hanging around. Talk to you next time. Let me know what you think of this episode. Did you agree with what I said? Did it lead you down any other rabbit holes? Did it infuriate you? Whatever your reaction may have been, leave me a note. You can find me on social at EMColumbus on Twitter. I'll find a way to work your questions into my next podcast. While you're at it, why don't you leave me a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, this has been Something Different.